0: getting really into a new kind of a new genre of music lately yeah i'm a little nervous this genre of music is known as primal power drums wow my favorite my favorite group is called paleo wolf and it's basically like caveman grunting with just like really loud drums and some like Tundra ambience, that's all it is.
1: Is that the whole thing? So it's like literally caveman that's, music?
0: Yeah, 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 it's power drums.
1: Fuck, <laughs> like, I've literally never ever heard of that and I'm a I'm a sucker for obscure niche genres.
0: You know me too, man, like anything, like I, I was listening to a band called Lung for a while, uh-huh. which is shamanistic, pagan ritual music. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, now I've gone even deeper, so I've gone beyond paganism, and I've gone okay. just straight yeah. back to the Stone Age. Is there me the weirdest?
1: I mean, what what are you gonna get if you go back even further than that? Just the sounds of amoeba splitting and recombining.
0: Yeah, probably, or um, you know, just just like a recording of a forest. Yeah, I'll be like jamming out and banging to a recording of a forest. Man, this shit fucking slaps. (laughs) I really love the cricket in this part. Wait, 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 wait.
1: wait. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Uh, Maybe you should uh, use use a little bit of primal drum uh, as the intro for this episode, so we can get a little taste.
0: I, I could try uh, but like licensing might be They won't
1: know. They'll never know.
0: Until we get famous
1: like and I fucking very highly doubt that they're like on Universal Music or Sony or something.
0: Yeah, probably not um But uh, yeah, shout out to Paleo Wolf.
1: Yeah, let's tweet Adam and ask them if we can use like a 10 second clip.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, most of the songs are like 45 minutes, like a real slow burn, just like the wind blowing for five minutes.
1: You need to have enough time to ritually sacrifice the goat to a single track.
0: Exactly, yeah. Uh, And I hear they bleed for quite a while.
1: Oh, they do. I guess that's the end of our usual show that we do each and every time called The Prehistory of Music.
0: <laughs> and what a show it is, The Man. Prehistory of Music. That brings us to our B-side production. B positive. positive.
1: Yes, perfectly. In the Positive
0: sync. B-movie podcast.
1: Positive B-movie yeah, podcast. Perfect yes. as usual. Yeah, there we
0: go. <laughs> uh i'm fraser <laughs>
1: i am michael no what I've... you're michael no i'm louis i'm still louis
0: uh, i thought you were like legally changing your name because if you say it on the podcast
1: that's what that's makes binding it. yeah uh no
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah i just you know i just wanted to try on something else but i don't think michael really works for me
0: no no Michael doesn't have the same ring to it as Louie. because also, how am I gonna call? I can't call you Michael Guru, and that yeah, doesn't that work.
1: work. No,
0: it, it has to be Louis Guru. Yeah, it's like a Lou Guru.
1: Yes, please uh, go back to our episodes on Wolf Cup for the full backstory on that little inside joke.
0: Yep, or was yep. it? This werewolf is
1: in Paris. So uh, it's one of the werewolf ones.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just listen to all our episodes. But yeah, Werewolf Appreciation Month was October, so we got like five episodes in there. Uh, This is the last episode of our December holiday extravaganza. And also the last episode for 2018. Yes. How do you feel about this, Louis?
1: I'm uh, excited. I'm happy. I'm glad that we made it to through another year i thought i wasn't gonna make it through 2018 2018 has been a real shocker oh yes but we did it we did make it through almost i mean we shouldn't speak too soon i suppose we, we could still die in the next two weeks
0: but we probably won't if we hunker down we can survive 2018 um this episode of course recorded in advance because we also sometimes need a break during yeah stuff i uh, realized
1: a couple of weeks ago that i haven't taken a break in almost two years
0: wow we somebody
1: um, deserves a holiday dun, 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 dun. Uh, i'm tired i gotta tell you i'm really really, really
0: really 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 tired it's good that you're gonna have a bit of a break i also look forward to having a break The podcast is dope, and I love it. And also, coincidentally, you haven't taken a break in two years, and we've been doing the podcast Mm. for two years. Almost two years now, yeah. Um, Pretty soon we'll be releasing our 50th episode in the new year of 2019.
1: I'm very, very, very excited for 2019 and all the wonderful films we're going to watch and all the wonderful guests we're going to have on. We did a twitter poll to see what we're doing for next year but we only got i think one vote
0: was it me did i vote was i the voter oh god i hope not it could possibly be (laughs) um (laughs) i would like you know what i want you know this this is coming out after christmas but like if you want to give me a late christmas present just rate the podcast god damn and um it's not that hard man it takes like five minutes I guess you got to make a profile on iTunes or on Stitcher, but uh, you should be rating. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you're using the iTunes podcasting thing, then you already have a profile because you have to sign in with your Apple ID, so y- you should already be able to do that. You can just jump on in. Give us a full five stars. No fucking around with no four stars. Don't, don't give us three stars, two stars, one star. That's just an insult. Give us a full five. Yeah. And... You know, you could just say, like, hey, I really love this show. You don't have to give a very long review. You could just say one little sentence.
0: And remember that, like on most of these podcasting platforms, the rating scale is not like the rating scale we employ in the show, where it's arbitrary and doesn't matter. The rating scale is from one to five. Five being very good and one being...
1: But you know what? Rather don't. The rating scale on all those platforms also kind of work. works like the rating scale for Uber, where if nothing horrible happened and you didn't die, you give it a five. <laughs> Anything below yeah. that, then it means you have some kind of real issue.
0: Yeah, yeah, you were abducted or... And I can honestly say I've never abducted a listener.
1: I mean, I've abducted... One listener. I mean, I don't know if I should be saying that on air. Could you edit that out?
0: I'm going to leave it in because I might be approached for a trial or Uh something. Nope. That's obviously a lie. Um, Louis hasn't abducted anyone. Have you, Louis? I have not. Good. We've established (laughs) his innocence. (laughs) This week, we are discussing a little gem called Bloody New Year. Yes. Uh, Now... This is a British film, so I have to. We have to clarify. Does this imply that it is a like bloody like literal? There's blood everywhere, New Year, mm-hmm. or just like how the British go, ah, it's a bloody whatever. Like, is it just they're just angry? the New, New Year.
1: I think it might be a uh, double entendre, as Uh-oh. the French say. <laughs> oh yes, yeah.
0: they say it all the time. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, yes uh, i think i think it means both i'm sure it does
0: now this movie um the first thing i want to point out is that mm, the events of the film don't really take place around new year they're also not that bloody and it's it's it takes place like in july and it's a hot summer Mm -hmm. in england uh it's very odd it's an odd film doesn't make too much sense so i feel like we should just We should just wade into this bloody new year and uh, get ourselves going with a good old plot synopsis. Um,
1: Okay, so we follow the exploits of three young couples. We've got uh, Tom, Rick, Janet, Carol, Leslie, and Spud. They are holidaying at some kind of seaside town, I guess like a Brighton or somewhere.
0: Who knows? They
1: go to the fun fair, but they get attacked by a bunch of thugs, and they run away and decide to go sailing when they get shipwrecked on a little island. Luckily, they find a, a hotel, the Grand Island Hotel, where they're looking, try to find some help, but it's abandoned, and it's also haunted, and it's also really haunted, stuck in a time warp at the exact I think the day of the New Year's party of 1959 going into 60. So that's where the New Year thing comes in. That's the island has been struck uh, by some government experiment that has put it into an infinite time loop where no one can leave, no one can really die, no one can really live.
0: Everyone's invisible.
1: Or a zombie. Or in the walls. Yeah. So our heroes try to get out i guess uh but they're picked off one by one kind of by some facet of the hotel Yes. Yeah. and that's it then at the end uh Janet, no carol almost gets away in a little rowboat but then gets sucked through the bottom of the boat and then she's also trapped a little bit
0: of a downer ending it kind of is the whole movie though plays out as if it was a poorly run campaign of dungeons and dragons yeah because throughout the film like people are attacked by walls someone's attacked by just like a cabinet that Mm -hmm. turns into a monster and then like a table also yeah the table also attacks people carol is eaten by a boat there are many many mimics in this film Mm.
1: some nets attack uh, tiny nets tiny
0: nets are very dangerous
1: yeah, I mean, I, I give them credit for that because the nets are also full of hooks. I don't know, is that a, any old school fisherman out there? Let me know if you have n- hooks in your nets.
0: And then also, how do you cope with having the net just casually fall on you? How, how do you get out? Try and get the hooks in deep inside your flesh? Is that a good strategy? Somehow, I doubt it. So, this film, I don't even know when it came out. 87. Not in 1959. 87. All right. I just want to get it out of the way. Like, really chauvinist stuff. (laughs) Lots of really chauvinist stuff happens. Spud just, like, straight up assumes that Carol is his girlfriend or whatever. Carol being a woman they just met. Well, Uh, they kind of saved from
1: some thugs. Was Spud the one that pulled the fuse? No, that was Tom.
0: Yeah, no, Spud was just the one interested in Carol. Yeah. Um, But he didn't act until he had his friends with him, which I would be like, just tell them to stop. Mm. Don't just stand there for a solid 10 minutes just watching her being terrorized. That's odd. Come on, Spud. So they trash a carnival. The thugs chase them. They then suddenly appear on a boat. Right. There's no lead up to them being on a boat other than that they have a boat and then they're just on the boat
1: well i mean look when you're being chased by thugs where can you go where the thugs can't get you you take to the ocean
0: (laughs) you 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 don't go to like police station or no just a different new place
1: out into international waters where the law doesn't where you can be
0: murdered okay right so they they do that and then they realize that they have they have no idea how to sail immediately crash the boat wade to shore it's so weird if i if this happened to me right and i found a hotel because in this film the whole time i'm like what would i do in this situation Uh, if i just found an abandoned hotel i would not go upstairs and steal a bunch of clothes And like put on some mystery vintage clothes. I mean I might steal some clothes. Okay, fine. But like, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be that guy right away. I'm not gonna light fires in the place. I'm not gonna like just full on make myself at home and assume that everything belongs to me. So that's my second thing is that de facto leader of this group, Rick, or Ricky, he is clearly a rich kid because they're just doing stuff and he's just like I'll settle it with, I'll settle it up with them later just do whatever the fuck you want trash the place I don't care <laughs> they just start serving themselves drinks and just using hotel resources they ha- they haven't made a <laughs> legit effort to find any staff or any people that live there they did are just ring like the oh this is my the hotel
1: they did do that
0: yeah like once
1: and By international hotel law, you ring the bell and no one responds. It is officially your hotel. The deed is transferred. should remember that
0: for next time I get to a hotel. That's why... Just ring it, count to five.
1: It's your your hotel. hotel. And everything in it, like all the other guests' stuff as well.
0: And the other guests. Congratulations, (laughs) you are now a slave trader.
1: (laughs) So this film is shot in a 4-3 ratio i.e. old tv style mm-hmm. i i quite like it i think 4.3 has a lot of framing possibilities there's a lot that you can do with it but bloody new year doesn't really make much use of it except for in one shot where she's looking so i don't know who she but someone's looking out of a window and she sees an empty swing but the seat is swinging and yes. kind of double framed through the window and it was a beautiful almost andrei tarkovsky kind of shot It is very artful and i think this film this very good very arty film that we watched takes a lot of inspiration yes. from the great filmmakers that went before and also has has a number of literary allusions to some of oh. the greats and, and we'll get okay. to that, I'm sure.
0: I'm excited to learn about that. Something that I do want to talk about is that the writers of this film are clearly knowledgeable about the paranormal and conspiracy theory in general. Because mm. right at the beginning, we have some scientists discussing a new military experiment to turn a plane invisible Yes. by like warping lights. And it ends up bending space-time and fucking just messing with a bunch of people. The pilots turn into something and blow up. And (laughs) uh, people are stuck in a time bubble, right? Now, this is an allusion to what's known as the Philadelphia Experiment, where a U.S. destroyer, the USS Eldridge, uh, which, I mean, just... Right on the nose That's... of Eldridge. <laughs> Very Lovecraftian. So the, the USS Eldridge was allegedly turned invisible using electromagnetism. But unfortunately, as these things do, the experiment went wrong. The Eldridge was teleported to the other coast of the U.S., momentarily slipping ahead in time and then teleported back. And upon arrival... Most of the crew members had gone insane. Some of them were mm-hmm. fused to the hull of the ship. Some had like metal pieces to them now. And, you know, most of them died. It was a shit show. So this whole airplane thing trying to turn invisible is like very much linked to that conspiracy theory that this happened. Uh, and that's actually it, It's a fascinating conspiracy theory. It's a great work of fiction, but it just goes deep into time travel. Yeah. and fucking dimensional warping. I'm not gonna to go too much into it, but Please this don't. is uh, alluding to that.
1: yeah, it's it's called Operation Mirror. and it seems like their whole invisibility plan was cover an airplane in mirrors, okay, because when they happen upon the crash side of the plane, <laughs> there's just like mirror shards everywhere like hanging from the trees yeah. from strings somehow don't know how that happened i
0: just thought the pilots did that i thought the pilots like oh, were being esoteric
1: have. and and the plane itself is coated in mirrors mm. the dead bomber pilot to my eyes is a jg ballard reference especially the okay great novel the atrocity exhibition in which a psychologist who is ironically losing mind his mind uh, begins seeing visions of a dead bomber pilot with okay radiation burns going up the one side of his face okay. and that kind of jg ballard was talking a lot about vietnam but through the lens of hiroshima and nagasaki and kind of what the americas had been doing in east asia southeast asia at that time so the the vision of the dead bomber pilot is almost this reminder of like military violence that not not only kills the innocent but also kills those who enact the violence in a sense
0: yeah that's that's fascinating because um also the pilot isn't fully corporeal yeah he is like the mirrors sort of help him to validate his existence i guess because he can only be seen through mirrors until he finally manifests himself and his head Mm. explodes there's ricky hit him
1: with something, and then his head explodes like a pool. I was paying
0: close attention. Carol was screaming, Ricky was not in shot, Mm -hmm. and the pilot's head just sort of exploded. And it was like, okay, that happened.
1: Do you think it's because that's the first time that someone sees him really head on and, and the force of just being looked at directly uh, pops his brain box
0: it's the validation that got him in the end <laughs> or it could be that that's just the point in the time loop where his head was going to explode normally from just radiation because in the 80s no one really got mm. radiation they were like "Ooh, it's going to turn you into a spider man or it's going to pop you like a <laughs> thing that pops At that point,
1: I guess they had had some experience with radiation. You know, Hiroshima, Nagasaki.
0: Uh, I like how you said that, like, smart gremlin. Yes.
1: (laughs) Susan Sontag, chamber music. Yeah, that kind of half-burnt face aesthetic then also makes a return with Leslie, who becomes uh, possessed, undead, time trapped uh not really sure the film is pretty vague on most things so leslie gets attacked by the thug dude they're all scrambling around in some little outhouse or not outhouse the little cottage or whatever on the beach and the big thug the tough thug the top thug he punches right through poor leslie all the way through then she looks up she's got half face and she's she is now whatever an island zombie creature
0: a supernatural being
1: and i think it's really brave of the filmmakers not to like work up to that or to show how she gets infected or
0: what exactly
1: turns her
0: explain it in any way
1: yeah it really opens some space for interpretation just to let your mind wander over the many many possibilities
0: true uh because we never actually see her die right No, her and tom go into like some little cabin in the woods and they she they start rummaging around she is immediately attacked by a tiny net with hooks as we've established tom Mm -hmm. hits the net with an axe the
1: net he kills it. Yeah, he net.
0: hits it once. The net cries and the net
1: as, it, as it dies.
0: Yeah, weird. Again, lots of mimics. Then they rummage around some more. She's attacked by a cabinet. He gets a fucking harpoon or some shit. Just stabs it to death. Uh, really, really racking up the XP old Tom. And then, yeah. cut away. A little bit later, Leslie's there in the scene again. But no Tom. And then... We get to gut punch, and now she's a baddie.
1: Yeah, it's weird, and I don't understand it, and I think that's what makes a good film. <laughs> 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 yes. That's that's my, uh, my two criteria for anything I would consider a great film.
0: It's good, because I don't get it, and it's uh, really weird.
1: So the whole 50s aesthetic that we've got going on, you know, late late 50s, early 60s. Do you feel that that's kind of inspired by the great Stephen King novel and Stanley Kubrick film, The Shining?
0: It could be. There's also, you've got like that hotel of death vibe, and the hotel is like Mm. possessed by some force, some malignant spookiness. I've never actually watched The Shining. What? Uh... Yes, I know. As a fan of both Kubrick, Stephen King, and spookiness in general. And Jack Nicholson. Are you a Jack Nicholson fan? I, I am a Jack Nicholson fan as well. Oops. I haven't seen it. It's on my list of things. Man, That's a damn
1: shame. A damn shame.
0: I will say one thing that the the spookiness in this film like falls into a couple of categories. The first is general poltergeist behavior where you've got mm-hmm. shit flying everywhere. You've got like animated tables, yeah. you've got plates being thrown as projectiles, knives, knives flying classic classic a pot eats a man
1: Yeah, one one thug makes his way into the big soup pot.
0: Like, it seems semi-intentional that he goes into the soup pot. But then, who am I to judge? You know, maybe he was cold in summer.
1: It looks like he, he gets thrown in. So the poltergeists can also actually move and touch human beings, but they prefer to take the indirect route, like trying to slam them with a table or... Chuck him with a knife that kind of thing
0: yeah the other uh other style of spookiness we get is just straight up demonic possession uh, as in Leslie's yes. case where Leslie is possessed by some kind of force that turns her face silver uh which is weird it's an odd thing it's it's a it's definitely a look
1: it's it is a look
0: yeah then we've got psychic manifestations when they head into the movie theater a character from the film pops out of the screen and just yes gives spud like a tiny scratch that kills him instantly and then we've just got like things that should not be alive becoming alive and then just physically assaulting our hapless heroes walls
1: floors that that category of things the banister yes cabinet tables so let's talk about the man who jumps out of the film it's a white guy definitely but he's dressed as an arab yes and he's wearing the black and white palestinian keffiyeh which is kind of become a global symbol of the palestinian resistance and that kind of opens up a space of interpretation here. Then I want to start going down. Of course, before the Palestinian resistance as we know it today, Palestine was under British control, right? Mm-hmm. And and had to try and get out of that colonial relationship. It eventually sort of did. But if we take a look at the time in which this time warp is, so not 87, uh, 59 to 60. It yeah. was a time of incredible instability for the British Empire. So, just between, I think, like 57 to 63 ish, the Sudan, Ghana, Malaysia, Singapore, Zambia, Cyprus, Somalia, the DRC. Kenya, Nigeria, Sierra Leone, Tanzania, Zimbabwe, and Zanzibar all gained their independence from the British Empire. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. And of course, the Brits weren't entirely super-duper happy about it all the time. So they spent quite a bit of that period fighting in colonial wars, trying to maintain control over these overseas possessions. So it's both a time of great violence, but at the same time, it's remembered as a time of very real prosperity and, and progress for the British working class, white British working class, of course. It's what Stuart Lee always jokingly calls the post-war socialist utopia. Okay. Where they had established the National Health Service and many kind of social safety nets, strong unions, that kind of thing. So a Britain that was in two minds, almost. Yeah. And I think when this film was made, 87 ms thatcher had already kind of dismantled a lot of those things and it weakened a lot of those institutions and of course the whole empire had gone to complete shit there was almost nothing left of it they were no longer just fighting overseas they were actively fighting freedom fighters in the uk yeah specifically of course the troubles the irish rebellion so i wonder if this film serves as a way to look at what could have been a late 80s nostalgia for the 50s and 60s it's this beautiful place all these beautiful clothes this like nostalgic music and everything but yet there is this intrinsic and inescapable dark side to that longed
0: for period of time it could be speaking to how britain in the 80s was stuck in a time warp of the mind of nostalgia for that time and this whole metaphor of the invisible people stuck in this sort of time and you've got the modern teenagers rattling around and caught underfoot and trampled That could be a way of saying that more modern ways of thinking get caught up and sucked up into this nostalgic trap.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Britain has not, unfortunately, learned from Bloody New Year. Oh, no. Because a lot of this Brexit stuff is also built around a nostalgia that, I mean, most britain's never experienced the time that nostalgia refers to
0: yeah same with it's... our teenagers exactly yeah they they're getting sucked up by a promise of a prosperous time but then they failed to notice what was intrinsically wrong where basically a symbol of resistance to the British Empire, ends up killing one of these teenagers. And Spud doesn't understand what's happening in the moment. He's just being attacked no. by something that he was actively mocking and belittling for just to play it off as a laugh. Yeah, and then he, ge- he gets wrecked. We never see Kepe
1: a guy again, unfortunately. He runs away and then disappears.
0: He's probably got better things to do than be in the film. I don't blame He's a busy guy.
1: I think that's a theme that kind of goes through the whole thing is being stuck, being unable to move on, being unable to escape, but also not really being able to go back. So, that might be where the idea of a New Year's party comes in. Old year is done, New Year is not yet born, there's this kind of liminal space. And I think pretty much everyone feels at this time of year where there's not really a lot you could do right now. It's kind of a, I don't know, I, I experience it as a pretty crappy time of year. Because you're too tired to really do anything and you know, you can't really work on anything for next year. I would hate to be trapped in an uh, eternal new year's day party
0: it's a funny kind of time because like you said it's impossible to get anything done around new year's as arbitrary as all days are new year's has become like a crippling time of year because everybody is making plans for the future but no one is enacting plans now
1: i mean i guess we should just take a break maybe we should go to a hotel on an island and just chill out for a little while
0: chill out just maybe trash the place maybe watch a movie that could kill us feel yeah.
1: we have another transformation possession a little later in the film where tom comes back from somewhere yeah where 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 did he go? He comes back from
0: the same somewhere where Leslie comes back from, which is just sort of not in the movie for a while. It's not established yeah. where they are or how they died. But he comes back and he's like, oh, I must tell the people of the bad things and you're all in danger. Uh, this comes at a time when Rick Carroll and Janet have a pretty solid plan of escape. They're leaving the hotel. They're going to look for a boat. Tom comes and then they immediately decide to abandon that plan and leave Janet in the hotel with Tom, which is weird.
1: And Thomas at this point is an H.P. Lovecraft protagonist because he has been so traumatized by whatever that he can no longer speak. He's fainting.
0: Can't function.
1: He's gibbering in his sleep about how jealous he is of Rick and Janet I will al- I've always wanted you Janet and then he is also possessed yes he also turns yeah he's kind of possessed by his de- desire to possess Janet
0: yeah it's weird though because like throughout most of the film he seems to be more obsessed with Rick and more enamored of rick where once he's possessed he flips that into a desire to be rick and into a desire Mm. to possess someone that is close to rick you know it's almost like he feels like this will make him more like rick if he can dominate and take janet then perhaps uh he will embody some characteristic of rick that he idolizes
1: which i'm not sure what characteristic that would
0: the dickishness being a knob
1: a great attribute to have in our hyper capitalist society
0: yep it actually is gets you far
1: i just want to mention that this film is about like 90 minutes long and i swear to god just over 60 minutes of it are high-pitched screaming yes there is fuck so much screaming in this film so much screaming
0: mainly Janet. If this were an American slasher film, she would be what is known as a scream queen, which I don't know if that's a problematic term. It seems like it could be.
1: It is in Britain because there can only be one queen.
0: True. um, And she
1: is also the queen of screams.
0: And she's the queen of being blocked by Donald Trump while walking. Yeah, I don't feel sorry for the queen. If our listeners are pro-royal, I just don't agree. I don't agree that some people are more special than others.
1: Yeah, honestly, especially if they literally do nothing. Yeah, if they are literally a tourist attraction.
0: It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Just going to say that.
1: I mean, talk about people mooching off of social security.
0: Mm -hmm. So, Louis, if you had to rate this out of 1 to 60 minutes of wall-to-wall, high-pitched Screaming. (laughs) How many minutes would you spend screaming?
1: I would scream for about five minutes i think and then my breath would run out
0: see i have asthma so like i can't scream for a long time so i'd probably like scream for 40 seconds and then like tear a lung and then just die
1: Mm. straight up i think that's exactly what this film did to us i think we are already dead we're just trapped here it's not even new year it's just the middle of december and we're doomed to repeat this podcast over and over again for the rest of time.
0: Well, at least I enjoyed doing the podcast. So, uh, agreed. So next time on Be Positive, who knows? Because it is 2019 and we don't predict the future. But it's
1: bloody new year again. The only episode we'll ever do from now on.
0: Yeah. Expect 48 episodes of Bloody New Year, back-to-back.
1: No, well, there is... Oh, no, the poll's already done by the time you're listening to this in the future. So, you can't vote. You missed it. You missed your window of opportunity.
0: Gosh darn.
1: But maybe we'll reopen the poll. The options at this point are South African horror or a Cameron Mitchell marathon.
0: Ooh, both of those are things.
1: They are both things, and they are both, I think, interesting things
0: yeah yeah so
1: we'll see how it works out we'll see which one we do
0: hit us up on twitter if you like this year of podcasting if you would like us to change something if you just want to send us a picture of your butthole you know all anuses are beautiful i guess
1: so (laughs) please send a picture of your butthole to us on twitter at stay scary We'd love to see your butthole, and we'd love to share it with our friends.
0: Yeah, or just say hi. I mean, hi. Just saying hi is probably easier, lower maintenance than having to yeah deal with butthole. I mean, but you know what? It's it's twenty eighteen.
1: People have butthole snaps ready to go, Photoshop and ready to go.
0: True that. So I mean, if that's what would make you happy, do it. If it makes you uncomfortable, forget we ever mentioned it, and just say hi. Yeah or let us know that it makes you uncomfortable because that in turn would validate us and be like hey what up we talked to you and we're like
1: yay yeah please do reach out please go ahead and give us that five star rating that we love so much and
0: we'll shout we'll we'll shout your name out on episodes we'll, we'll we absolutely will say your name or just your, like...
1: We'll yell it from the mountain. Your
0: username, at the very least.
1: Okay, I have been Louis, and I've been
0: trapped in a spooky time. And I have been Fraser, and you stay scary. And have a good new year! Yeah, see everybody in
1: 2019. Thank you so much for uh, using Be Positive to take up some of your precious time this year. Uh, we really, really, really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And thank you, Louis, for giving up a lot of your time to be one half of B-positive.
1: You know what, Fraser? Thank you uh, for giving up even more of your time and doing all the editing and uploading. I mean, without you, B-positive would be... Be negative
0: It would just be. <laughs> so uh do you have any new year's resolutions
1: louis well that's a good question yes i do um i'm going to read a lot and i'm going to write a lot those are good you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna put this out into the universe i'm gonna get into tv i'm gonna make television next year it's gonna happen
0: you know what you should do you need a producer that's what you need you need someone who talks good and makes other people listen And then you can just focus on writing good and making people read. But first you need a talker. That's
1: the ideal relationship, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, That's how I got into TV is I was talking to a guy and then suddenly he was talking to a guy and I was there and I was just kind of awkward about it. And then we were both talking to a guy and then we were talking to a woman and then she made a decision and then like suddenly I was shooting a thing and then I was on TV and I was not prepared for it. Too much responsibility. (laughs) But that's what happens, like you need a good talker. I'm
1: gonna get me one of those.
0: Yeah, real useful in 2019.
1: What are your New Year's resolutions?
0: My New Year's resolution is figure at least some of my shit out, Uh, Mm -hmm. save money, write at least one or two screenplays, Finish my goddamn novel and then be positive is another thing that I can resolve to do.
1: I think we can all...